You're listening to the EWN Podcast Network. Welcome to the Bucket List Buster Travel Show. Your Bucket List Buster Travel Show helps you make your bucket list dreams come true. Host Karen Duncan spent decades running the travel business. She, along with other industry experts, share their knowledge, travel stories, and wisdom about how to travel, where to travel, and how to have a stress-free adventure. Tune in. Give yourself permission to focus on yourself. Create lifelong memories with family and friends. And finally learn to relax, rejuvenate, and reconnect. And here's the host of your show, Karen Duncan. Aloha, buenos dias, ni hao, yahate, bula, guten tag, bonjour, jumbo, board tarde, everything's iry, and good afternoon. I hope you're having a fantastic day. Hello, everybody. It is a fantastically cool Thursday here in Central Texas. This is your bucket list buster, Karen Duncan, live and feeling good today. Well, it's right before the spookiest day of the year. That's why Halloween is almost here. Can you believe it? This is just, this year is flying by. I'm not real sure how I feel about that. It's been hectic. Um, It's been uh, really crazy, actually. But it's been a good year. I can't complain. God has brought me through another year so far. And I'm looking forward already to 2018. So today's show... As you know, we're doing a series right now on winter and fall travel. And, you know, I did Chicago last week. That's my hometown. So this week I'm going to touch on Tahiti, which is at the top of my bucket list. And you're probably saying, okay, Karen, we get it. We get it. We get it. We know that's your top of your bucket list. Why the heck don't you go ahead and get there and stop talking about it? Well, I'm putting it on the calendar for next year. So if you want to go with me, come on. But I'm making a plan that this time next year I'll be doing this show live. I'm putting it on. I'm putting it in the universe so that I can make it happen. But anyway, we're going to talk about Tahiti and the nice warm weather that's going on in that part of the world. Also today, we're talking about top destinations to visit in 2018, according to the Lonely Planet. Best places to visit for Halloween. That's right. Some people do travel during this time of year. And some of these destinations could be really, really fun for Halloween, I think. And of course, our friends over at the Wireless Traveler have some great tech tips. And there's some great commercials that are going to be coming up um, with some of our sponsors uh, you're going to hear about a new new trip that we've put uh, together for 2018. I don't think you'll be so surprised about what we're going to be doing while we're there, but you may want to come along and just join in on the fun. So my thought for the week, Halloween will be here next week. And um, so I'm going to talk a little bit about it because I won't get to do the show prior to the day. When is the 31st? I don't even know what day of the week that is. But anyway, so there's a lot to talk about and things that people do for this particular holiday. But when did Halloween actually become a holiday? Has it always been a holiday? When I grew up, 
you know, it was all about just dressing up and eating candy. I don't know that we particularly called it a holiday, a holiday. But now a lot of people consider it the beginning of the holiday season. Thanksgiving is next. Hanukkah and Christmas are right after. So it's kind of merged its way into a holiday, I think, into the holiday season. It seems like all of fall now has become a holiday in some form or fashion. We've got October, November, December holidays. People are starting to decorate almost like it's Christmas with lights. You know, of course, they're orange lights and colors that represent um, Halloween. But they're, they're really getting into it. I've never really done that. I've never decorated. Do you decorate for Halloween? What do you do for Halloween? We used to go um, around the neighborhood. You know, I'm from Chicago, the south side of Chicago, and we would kill it with the candy during that time of year because it was a big city, of course, and we could walk the blocks in each house and, and people that lived in apartments, we'd go in apartments, go up and down, or they would leave the candy outside the apartment complexes and sit out there and wait for you to come by. Everybody knew each other. You kind of greeted one another. But I also lived in a neighborhood that was very close to a commercial district. I mean, literally, I could walk around the corner to the um little store. We didn't call them convenience stores right at that point. They were mom and pop shops that had great um, candy and cookies and stuff like that. But my mom could say, hey, run around the corner to the store and get some eggs and milk. And that was our, our rite of passage to be able to go and do things by ourselves. But there was also a, a street um, the other way that we could walk to that had shoe stores and clothing stores I mean, everything that a family would need would be on this street. And so it was wonderful because it was walking distance. That's one of the advantages of living in, in a bigger city where the the density is kind of tight. That's a disadvantage also. But it was really kind of cool because we could go to the stores. They would stay open um, late on Halloween and they would supply candy too. And that's where you got your biggest haul is from the stores because they would just pack it in. So they'd give us candy. They'd give us money. We even got fruit stuff that kids can't, um, you just can't trust for people to give your children right now, which is really sad, but it was fun. I mean, this is one of those things that I wonder when people come here from different parts of the world, if they understand what our Halloween is about and what it looks like. So we're going to talk about some destinations today that celebrate Halloween in a different way. And it's really very interesting about what people consider Halloween to be. So this is your bucket list buster, Karen Duncan. We're talking the Halloween of 2017. And we're also talking about Tahiti and some other destinations that are on the top of the trend for 2018. I'll talk to you in a minute. I'm going to take a quick break. Hey, sets on the beach. That's right. We're headed to Jamaica to play pickleball. We're going to have some extravagant fun, meet some new people, 
and really learn more about the game of pickleball. That's right. Sandals is going to host us September 30th through October 7th, 2018. We're going to be hosted by coach extraordinaire, Mr. Matt Lance, the pickleball professional here in the Austin, Texas area. And everything is included. That's right. Destination and resort Sandals South Coast in White House, Jamaica. The all-new Sandals South Coast, formerly known as White House, is the perfect combination of European civility and an all-beachfront tropical resort. All rates are inclusive. Round trip, airport transfers, all hotel gratuities and taxes, hotel porterage, complimentary basic Wi-Fi, multiple a la carte dining options, complimentary welcome beverage, nightly entertainment, complimentary access to the fitness center, unlimited premium brand alcohol, land and water sports, scuba diving is included for certified divers, complimentary access to steam and sauna rooms, and some of the highlights, we've got four courts that we're going to be playing on just for our group the entire week, three European villages, Italian, Dutch, and French, Jamaica's only all-beachfront resort, two-mile pristine white sand beaches, beach with views of sunrise and sunset, Italian piazza with shops and restaurants, butler service in select categories, set within 500 acres of nature preserve, unlimited land and water sports, Red Lane Spa services are extra, four pools and four whirlpools, separate scuba pool, unlimited fine dining at nine restaurants, seven full service bars, unlimited premium spirits, unlimited Madavi wines, two wine swim up pool bars, unlimited scuba diving, and free nonstop round trip airport transfers. We're going to have a group inclusive excursion, island routes, reggae catamaran cruise of the South Coast as we sway to the reggae beats and enjoy some um, fun on the water with snorkeling and food. We'll also include VIP customs and security clearance plus airport lounge exclusively for the group, one complimentary cocktail reception to, and one group dinner, and a bunch of group activities, and of course, a complimentary photo shoot where we will get our own photo. Prices are starting from $1,834 per person. Remember, all rooms are oceanfront, so there isn't a bad room in the on the whole resort and we really want you to join us. Go to www.peakscruisestours.com forward slash pickleball and find out all the details and how you can sign up. You're getting this first. We haven't even announced it yet. So see you on the court. Welcome back to the EWN Podcast Network. You're listening to Your Bucket List Buster, hosted by Karen Duncan. Welcome back, guys. It's a fantastic day. I'm having fun. I hope you are, too. I'm starting to get excited about some things that are coming up for us. As you know, we are planning a little getaway soon. 
I think it's a wonderful day. We're headed to Panama and Costa Rica. Pretty excited about that. But we're also headed to um, Colombia. I've never been to Colombia, so I'm really excited. I'll be doing some broadcasting live from um, our adventure. And I'm hoping to set up a opportunity to do some interviews and some actual filming of our trip uh, that we'll be able to use in upcoming on our YouTube page and, and possibly on CBS Austin when we can get all of that together. But looking forward to it, I need a break. Even though it's a working trip, all trips for me are kind of working. It's This one's going to be a long one, and I'll get an opportunity to spend some time um, just kind of chilling and relaxing and enjoying life and getting re-energized to come back and handle my business for 2018. But I'll have some wonderful topics to talk about, great guest speakers. So what are some of the 10 coolest places to celebrate Halloween? Well, I'm going to go from the bottom, from number 10 to number 1, and see if you can guess if any of these were things that came to your mind. So number 10 is Salem, Massachusetts. Do you know why? Because 26 people were once tried and put to death for being witches. And Halloween is when the town celebrates witches in the coolest way. So they've gone from burning witches to celebrating witches in Salem. And they actually have a witch house museum. And on that night of Halloween, they have magic shows, witches balls, seances, and fireworks. Number nine is Transylvania, Romania. Yeah, visitors here get to choose a book on a guided tour and stay in nearby accommodations uh, to join one of the specialty Halloween tours that includes Romanian cuisine, live medieval and Romanian folk music, live shows, and the infamous Count Dracula wedding at the Hunyun Castle. That could be exciting and spooky at the same time. How many of you watched Count Dracula on Halloween? I mean, that was like the epitome of me as a child for Halloween was watching the Count Dracula movies. And it was so scary to me. And now when I look at those movies, it was like so fake and so bad. But those are classics and still fun to watch. Some of the new movies that they show for Halloween are like Halloween and Can You Find the Babysitter or some of those Jason, I mean, the really gory, spooky stuff. I'm not quite into all of that, but I like me some Count Dracula and some Frankenstein. How many of you went as Frankenstein for Halloween? Anyway, number eight is Mexico. It's not called Halloween in Mexico. Instead, it's called the Day of the Dead. Dia de Mujeres, a three-day celebration I said that wrong. Mujeres. It should have been uh, Morter. Forget it. Let's just cut that completely trying to speak some Spanish. But anyway, it begins October the 1st, 31st each year. And the Day of Dead is celebrated. um, They celebrate the dead. It is an uplifting and a happy thing to celebrate the dead in Mexico. And it's believed that the spirits return each year on these three days to spend time with their loved ones. So each city and town offers a different way of celebrating the Day of the Dead. 
So that's kind of cool. In Acapulco, you'll find streets transformed into huge street festivals where costumed people visit cemeteries and the town gets decorated with skulls, skeletons, and flowers. That's kind of interesting. And of course, you get to eat lots of food, drinking, and dancing. So they make death not a scary thing. They embrace death. I think here in the States, we could um, appreciate that a little bit more so that our children understand that it's a um, fact of life. It's a cycle of life and we all move on to a better um, a better destination, as I could say, um, when we leave this earth. Number seven is Ireland. It's where Halloween originated. Did you know that? I had no idea that Halloween originated in Ireland, and it still remains one of the best places to celebrate. Um, it's known as Samhain Night. The medieval Irish festival originated when it marked the end of the harvest which brought shorter days in the dark half of the year. So that's incredible. Carnival runs nine days. It's celebrated with parades, fireworks, tours, haunted houses, workshops, and scary movies even. Lots of family activities going on in Ireland. Number six, Sleepy Hollow, New York, USA. It's famous grounds of Washington Irving's timeless legend of the headless horseman Ooh, that was spooky too when i was growing up the entire month of october so 300 years phillipsburg manor is one of the most favorite halloween events and it is transformed with vampires witches ghosts state-of-the-art special effects also another family-friendly event most halloween events are family friendly family friendly. I'm having a hard time talking today. Do I need to drink some water? Number five, this is kind of funny to me, Long Beach, California. Who'd have thunk it? Because it was the most haunted place in the world, the cruise liner, the Queen Mary, docked off Long Beach in California. And it has become one of the coolest and most unique places to celebrate Halloween. So Dark Harbor starts October 1st each year, runs a whole month, and they have six mazes haunted, 200 spirits and ghosts all throughout. Visitors should also expect rides, monsters, live shows, lots of food and beverages, of course. It is not suitable for young children and no costumes are allowed other than on Halloween. New York City, New York. Now, this New York is at the top of some lists and then it's number four here. But I can imagine anything celebrated in New York is going to be iconic and is going to be a big old festival. So in New York City's Village Halloween Parade shuts down the lower Manhattan and has visitors from all over the world. This event started in 1974 with parades, dancers, costumes, giant mile long puppets. And it goes on and on and on and on. So they've got crypt crawls. They've got Cathedral of St. John the Divine. You get ghost walks. Uh, the ghost of Edgar Allan Poe is supposed to be hanging around in the village. I mean, that's just too much spookiness for me. Oof. Number three, another one in California. Hollywood, California. Yep, Hollywood. 
So why? So Universal Studios in Hollywood takes over and allows people to come in and look at the creepy horror effects from things that they've done in the past. So they have a scare zone and horror movie fans get to look at the top special effects and attractions. I bet that is really spooky because they are the epitome of spooky um, at Universal Studios. They've, in West Hollywood, they've, they've had over 500,000 people uh, take to the streets of Santa Monica for Halloween Carnival. So it's just become a big, big, big event. The bars are along the road. There's drinks, patio parties, and it's free to attend from 6 to 11 on Halloween night. What is coming up? I'm going to take a quick break and then I'm going to give you number two and number one for best Halloween destinations in the world. I'll see you in a minute. This is Karen Duncan, your bucket list buster. Do you feel like you're drowning in administrivia? Do you have a podcast you would like transcribed to repurpose as a blog or even a best-selling book? Rhonda's virtual office is the answer to the freedom you crave so you can get busy doing what you love. Let Rhonda's virtual office give you the relief you need. Visit rondasvirtualoffice.com and get some peace of mind today. Rhonda's virtual office is the go-to transcription service for EWN Podcast Network. Welcome back to your bucket list buster. Karen Duncan here, your host, and we're talking Halloween. Yes, we are. So we've gone through um, eight of the top destinations to visit for Halloween. I'll do a recap. Salem, Massachusetts comes in at number 10. Transylvania, Romania is number nine. Mexico is number eight. Anywhere in Mexico. Ireland is number seven. Sleepy Hollow, New York is number six. Long Beach, California is number five. New York City, New York is number four. And Hollywood, California was number three. So number two, who is number two on the list? Well, it's London, England, that is. I can imagine that because I imagined London, England being all foggy and scary on Halloween. But it's not always like that. So Halloween events happen in London and it'll be hard for you to decide which one to go to because there's so many. Um, There's dungeons that visitors can see and they've been going to since 1976. They've got all kind of interactive experiences that visitors can, can see notorious villains, Jack the Ripper, Sweeney Todd. Actors escort participants through 14 shows and three terrifying rides. Sir William Wallace's execution is visited. You get to visit that site. Churchyards, guided tours of Jack the Ripper's old house. I mean, it's just scary stuff. And of course, um, there's lots of pints, drinkings of pints and that type of thing. So what's number one for Halloween? What is the number one destination? Think about it for a little while. Hmm. I would guess 
I wouldn't have guessed, but it's New Orleans. That's right, right here in the U.S. of A., New Orleans, Louisiana, is the second most celebrated time in the city is Halloween. Only trumped and and taken over number number one spot is Mardi Gras, which is the coolest place um, to celebrate Halloween. And you can understand why. If you know anything about New Orleans, you know there's the reputation of voodoo with some haunted and paranormal tours that they have. Of course, the city always likes to party. They've got the, the whole city is is considered haunted by some with because of the buildings. Um, there have been people that have gone and just done tours of of haunted destinations in the French Quarter and the cemeteries. Um, Frenchman Street is where you'll find the biggest Halloween street parties where locals and tourists take to the streets in elaborate costumes, haunted houses, activities at the zoo. The zoo, of all places. Yeah, awesome. So there's there's just so much to do. The, of course, there's the voodoo, music, and art experience. And Mardi Gras comes off as number one for the most haunted destination in the world. <laughs> well, that's it. For Halloween, you guys, I'm going to take another quick break. And when I get back, we're going to talk about the top destinations to visit in 2018, according to the Lonely Planet. This is Karen Duncan, your bucket list buster. I'll be back. Have you ever asked yourself this question? Why is it so hard to make a buck? (laughs) I know I have. Hi, I'm Sandra Yancey, founder and CEO of eWomen Network. What I have discovered after going from the brink of bankruptcy to running a multi-million dollar award-winning business is this. You can't build a million dollar dream hanging around minimum wage mindsets. My mission is one million women entrepreneurs generating one million dollars in annual revenue. So here's what I've done. I've created the mother of all entrepreneur success programs that you can access online on your time. It's called Monetize Me Now. It's a seven-module online course that is 100% my success formula, covering mindset, mission, management, motivation, marketing, and measure. Come on, take my hand, and I'll show you the way to learn to earn flowing revenue for your business. Visit monetizemenow.com for details. You're listening to the EWN Podcast Network. Welcome back to your bucket list buster, Karen Duncan, your host for the day, talking about Fun things, creepy and and scary Halloween destinations. And right now I'm going to talk a little bit about upcoming trends for 2018. So everyone, well not everyone, but some of us start looking at where we want to go this time of year. And if you're looking at places for 2018... Um, reach out to me and let me know what you're thinking about. I'd like to see if some of these um, 
destinations are on your list or if, you know, just to see if my listeners are already planning. And also, um, I'm going to tell you a little bit about an event I'm going to be having the end of February. And if you can't wait to plan until then, then contact me um, because I'd like to help you. Basically, I definitely would. So what are some of the top destinations to visit in 2018, according to the Lonely Planet? Well, I see one of my destinations on here that I'm planning for for next year. So Chile is number one. South Korea is number two. I'm really surprised at that one. Not because South Korea is not a beautiful place, but there's some there's some uncertainty in the air, I guess I should say. And I shouldn't say that on air because I don't want to make people afraid. Um, but you know what the political situation is in Korea right now. And, uh, you know, I'm just hesitant. But I will say that my son has been to South Korea and he says it is absolutely fabulous. The food is great. It's beautiful. Um, So let's go there. Uh, Let's not stop. I'm always talking about don't let disasters and things stop us from being tourists and and traveling because tourism in a lot of places is the primary economic um, resource. And we want to make sure that we support these destinations. So I take that all back. But anyway, Portugal. Portugal's on the list. Yes, it is. And I'm going to go to Portugal next year. Number three is is Portugal because it's beautiful. Lots of food, lots of wine. Um, It's just a beautiful destination. And it's not so overrun by tourism. Um, Here's one I'm not real familiar with. And I guess I need to be. Djibouti. Well, Djibouti... Thank God for Google. I'm not a, I'm not ashamed to say that I don't know about everything, but Djibouti is on the horn of Africa. And it's mostly a French and Arabic speaking country and with beautiful beaches on the Gulf of Aden Beach. It's home to one of the saltiest bodies of water in the world. Very interesting. Very, very interesting. A body of salt water featuring chimney-like mineral formations. And people... You pronounce it Djibouti beauty, beauty. So it's a wonderful little place that we need to know about. My bad. Like I said, I don't know everywhere, but I'm happy to finally have uh, learned about Djibouti. That might have to get on my list. Number five is New Zealand. We know about New Zealand. Beautiful green countryside. Malta. Mm-hmm. Over there in the area of where we like to drink plenty of wine. Yep, I want to do Malta. It's a beautiful destination in Georgia. Um, Next number, um, what number is this? Number eight, Mauritius is a beautiful island in the Indian Ocean and it has become one of the new hotspots. I ha- I am familiar with this. In fact, I just watched something on the Travel Channel about it and the people and how beautiful they are and and the beaches are simply amazing. So that I can see that being on the list number 9 China. Everyone wants to know more about the cultures 
and of China. And there's so much to see, so much history and tradition and and just lots to do in China. And then number 10, rounding up the list it for 2018 is South Africa, of course. Um, that is on a lot of people's bucket lists and it's on mine. I haven't been there yet. Let's talk about um, a destination that I just have to uh, to mention to you right now. We, we can't let the fires in uh, California scare us off from going. Those folks are interested in us still coming. Yes, a lot of wineries have been destroyed. Um, and we're going to have a speaker in a couple weeks, next week maybe, um, that's going to talk to us. He owns a winery and a little, um, a wonderful bed and breakfast hotel, boutique hotel in that area. And he's going to come on and talk to us about how we can still support the wineries and the destination of Northern California. Um, so there, don't let it scare you. So California wine country is still open for business. And due to some of the images on the news, people are starting to cancel their reservations and not want to go. But of the 700 wineries in the region, only six have been damaged or destroyed. Uh, So local tourism organizations are trying to be sensitive to the human impact of the fires, of course. But people, people have to survive. And they, they, if this part of the country makes their living on wine and wineries, if we stop going, then we hurt those folks even more by them losing their livelihood. And it's important that we make sure we continue to support. So don't cancel your plans. And if you've got a little weekend that you're looking for someplace to go, go out to California. Go to a winery and uh, make someone's day by letting them know that we're still there to support them and that they are not um, going to be devastated continuously um, by a tourism drought. This is Karen Duncan, your Bucket List Buster. When I get back, we're going to talk about my number one spot, Tahiti, in the wintertime. That's where we're going Instead of to the cold, we're going to the sun. So this is Karen Duncan, your bucket list buster. I'll be back in a minute. Hi, this is Karen Duncan, host of your bucket list buster. Peaks Cruises and Tours is looking for group leaders for the year of 2018 travel season. What is a group leader? A group leader is a person with a sphere of influence whose friends call on them all the time to arrange their travel or help them find and make a decision about where to go and how to get there. We are looking for someone that is very motivated by travel, very interested in learning about other cultures, or has traveled extensively to certain destinations and want to take their friends along. If you're that person, we would like to talk to you. We will be having a virtual meeting in the next couple of weeks where we will describe to you what it's like to be a group leader, what's expected of you, what we are expected of as the agency that you'll be working with, how to find people to support your group, and how to pick your destination. 
If this sounds like something you'd be interested in and you want to learn more about the benefits of being a group leader with Peaks Cruises and Tours, then contact us at 512-252-8919 or you can contact Karen in the studio at yourbucketlistbuster at gmail.com. Remember, there are some really good benefits to being a group leader with Peaks Cruises and Tours. See you soon. Welcome back to the EWN Podcast Network. Welcome back to your bucket list buster, Karen Duncan, here as your host of the day of the year. Yes, I'm your host. Anyway, so let's talk about the destination of the week. We're talking about winter and fall travel. Why do I say it like that instead of fall and winter travel? Anyway, we're talking about traveling during this time of the year. Some of us like to go to the cold. Some of us like to ski. Some of us like to go to chalets. Some of us like the snow. Some of us want to see the fall colors in Canada and New England. And all of that is lovely. There's lots to do all over the world for those folks that embrace this time of year. For those of you that live in the cold and like Denver has already had snow this year, some of you by the time February comes around, you are done. You're tired of it and you don't want to see it anymore. So where can you go? There's plenty of destinations that you can travel to that can provide you a summer-like environment when you get there. And Tahiti is that destination. So what do you think when you hear Tahiti? Well, I make it no secret that this is the top of my my bucket list. And Tahiti is a great place to go during the winter months in the U.S. So a little bit about Tahiti. There's 118 islands. It's officially known as the French Polynesia. There are five archipelagos, the Society Islands, the Tuamatu Islands, the Gambiers Islands, and the Marquesas Islands, and the Austral Islands, the islands of Tahiti as well. So it's a blend of Polynesian and French cultures, and there's so much to do. So what do you envision doing when you go to Tahiti? Most people don't get any further than looking at the fact that they want to stay in one of those over-the-water bungalows. Magnificent. To me, that is the sight that I see when I just want to go on vacation, period. That's my screensaver on my computer. It's all over. I just have to have the opportunity to be able to stay in one of those beautiful over-the-water bungalows on the beautiful clear waters of Tahiti. Not to mention, there are some ships that go to Tahiti. So you could even cruise to, to, cruise to and through Tahiti. Um, and you can just, you can fly over, stay at one of the hotels, and then do a short cruise so that you get to see all there is to see at the, about this part of the, the world. So there's things to do like paragliding and snorkeling and diving. So if you're a water enthusiast, there's wonderful water adventures for you. The history began 4,000 years B.C. and a great migration began 
in the Southeast Asia with early settlers traveling across the open ocean to explore the Pacific islands like Tonga and Samoa were settled as a result of the migration around 1300 BC. Now I've been to the South Pacific, I've been to Fiji, and I should have gone while I was in that area of the world. You've got Australia, you've got New Zealand, all in the South Pacific, but this is a different culture. Tahiti is. The French Polynesian is is a beautiful people. It's calming. Um, it's just so elegant in a different island feel than what we're used to in the Caribbean. Not that the Caribbean is not elegant and regal. Don't get me wrong. I don't want to hear any comments about me disrespecting my people in the Caribbean because y'all know I'm in the Caribbean as much as possible. But there's a different feel. There, it's just different. There's culture and romance and outdoor activities, the spa, traditional cuisine. I started thinking, what do Tahitians eat and drink? What would be considered a typical Tahitian cuisine? Well, farmers grow a wide variety of fruits and spices and vegetables. And there's the legendary breadfruit plant or the uru, the coconut, and dozens of varieties of bananas including the incomparable orange plantain, banana, or feye. The various root vegetables such as taro, you've heard of that, uh, tarua, and the ufi, or even the yumara. Now, of course, I'm not Tahitian, so I do apologize if I'm mispronouncing any of these, but those foods make up the basis of the island cuisines. And then you've got papayas and mangoes and pineapples and watermelons and grapefruits and limes and pods of vanilla. Fish, of course, from the lagoon or the ocean, ranging from perch, mahi-mahi, and the parrotfish. Then we've got shopping and festivals. I've got a couple of festivals and events that are going on during the Christmas time, during our Christmas time. So there's the Polynesian art jewelry for Christmas from Tuesday, December 20th to Saturday, December the 24th. The Polynesian Handcraft Art Association puts on a display of some very good skill and diverse handicraft work in the Hall of the Assembly of French Polynesia. And then there's Christmas in the city, mid-December 27th. The city of Papiete um, celebrates by having the stores decorate their fronts for Christmas. And that kind of reminds me, last week I talked about how Chicago used to do that with the stores downtown. Well, they do something very similar. So that's just a little bit about Tahiti and why I want to go there. I just, you know, there's so much to talk about. Um, I was hoping to get someone here on on the show from the tourism board, um, but we couldn't get our schedules arranged because they can talk to you about Tahiti like I can't because I haven't been there yet, but I wanted to recognize it as a destination that you can go and visit during this time of year. Another mention that I would like to uh, tell you about is the Paul Gauguin Cruises. It's a small ship cruise line that has some wonderful itineraries throughout the South Pacific and in the Tahitian Islands. 
and Samoa and the Cook Islands and, and that type of thing. So if you're actually looking at seeing more than one destination on this trip, that's a great way for you to be able to do that. Or you can do some island hopping because there's so much to see and so many places um, to go in Tahiti. I'm going to take another quick break. And when I get back, we're going to talk about an article that um, I found where this young lady, Gail Goodwin, is doing tree houses for you to ski. Chalet tree houses. Isn't that fantastic? This is Karen Duncan, your bucket list buster. I'll be back in a minute. Karen Duncan here, your host of Your Bucket List Buster. Remember I told you about a trip that we were going to take to one of the top destinations for 2018? Well, we're headed to Portugal. We're going to do a wine and culinary experience in in Portugal with Sagres Vacations and Peaks Cruises and Tours. The trip will take place on September the 3rd through the 12th. The itinerary includes a round-trip airfare from Boston eight nights accommodations in four hotels in Porto Duro and Lisbon, 12 meals, including traditional lunches and picnics, a Porto full-day city tour, boat trip from Pianua to Tuawa, wine tour and tastings in four different wineries. We're going to even go on a Jeep and bike tour. Lisbon full-day city tour, all transfers to and from the airports and between cities, are included in an English-speaking guide throughout the way. This is exclusively for listeners, friends, and family of Your Bucket List Buster. So we hope you'll enjoy joining us. The deposit of $500 is due by December the 1st, and final payments not due till July the 1st. So come on, get your passports. Let's go to Portugal. You're listening to the EWN Podcast Network. Welcome back to your bucket list buster. I am who? Karen Duncan, your host. So before the break, I was telling you a little bit about this young lady. There's an article that I came across that just seems fascinating. Travel Pulse article um, talking about Gail Lynn Goodwin. She's a Montana-based developer and Goodwin has been building tree houses since she was a child with her family. And originally, of course, her tree houses were typical, built with scraps of wood from her father's contracting business, but it inspired her latest project. And it's the world's first ever slope side ski in, ski out tree house chalets. Does that not sound like a lot of fun? I bet that's just incredible. Breathtaking walls of windows, towering turrets, top-of-the-line kitchens and balconies with hot tubs, to name a few of the inviting details. And guess how much? It's not very expensive, y'all. This magnificent opportunity for you to own one of those only come at a small price of $1 million to build. That's right. They're called Snow Bear Chalets. They're located in northwestern Montana amid the slopes of Whitefish Mountain Resort. 
and you can rent them for the night or for a few nights. They start from $528 per night to $1,138 per night. And each of the chalets also vary in size, sleeping anywhere from six to 10 people. That's not bad when you really consider it, consider what you're getting. So that is um, something that you folks that like to ski, and I like to ski. In fact, I was in a ski store the other day and we were talking about skiing. And I used to ski as a child. I grew up skiing. Absolutely loved it. But you know, when you stop doing that kind of activity, to start doing them again at my age is really kind of scary. I'm not quite sure I want to do that. So we're going to head on off to the wireless traveler friends of ours. You know who they are. They do tech tips on Thursday. Welcome back to Telecom Thursday Tips with our friends over at Wireless Traveler. Planning a trip to Australia this winter? Make sure your phone is 3G, 4G. In layman's terms, that just means a smartphone. For all of our listeners out there, you most likely use a smartphone here in the States and you turn it on abroad. But maybe you still know someone, a friend or a neighbor, my parents, who is hanging on to this razor flip phone or candy bar phone for texting. Newsflash. Sadly, it won't work anymore in Australia. And believe me, the folks over at Wireless Travelers still get rental orders for 2G flip phones from the boomer market who love the ease and simplicity of the phone they've been using for years and years and just want to continue using it abroad. But that landscape is changing rapidly. AT&T in the States stopped providing 2G coverage earlier this year in January 2017. Canada, Japan, and South Korea switched over to 3G, 4G exclusive technology three years ago. And now Australia stopped all 2G coverage on Telstra's end of 2016 and on Optus two months ago in August 2017. So bottom line, it's time to bite the bullet, parents. Anyone still hanging on to Razor phone and wanting to travel, it's time to get a basic entry-level smartphone. Or splurge and get an iPhone from your network provider. Our friends at Wireless Traveler prefer the iPhone as the entry-level phone as it is so intuitive and easy to use and it really is folks. But if you want something around $100 go to the Logic X4M Android and just use it for calling and texting. Peace of mind for you and those you leave behind that no matter what happens when you are abroad, you can always make or receive a call. We hope you enjoyed listening today and we look forward to meeting you up again next Thursday for more tech tips from our friends at The Wireless Traveler. Well, hey guys, I told you earlier in the show that I had some information concerning two events that I'll be hosting this year here in the Austin area. I hope this can become an annual event. The first one is we're going to do a travel photography event with Precision Camera here in Austin. They're a big uh, photography outfit, cameras, video, anything that you want um, uh, in the photography realm, video, cameras, all kinds of accessories and equipments. And they host a lot of workshops throughout the year. But we're going to do one on travel photography with them, February the 24th. And we're also going to have Charles Quinn of Quinn Photography. 
a really wonderful story about Charles is he used to be my dean of business studies at Austin Community College uh, when I was teaching travel and tourism there. I was there 10 years. I don't know how long Charles had been there, but uh, he was my dean. And I stopped teaching and he stopped deaning all at the same time, the same year, almost the same month. And he has become a professional photographer. And we travel together, he and his lovely wife, Susan. Uh, They go on a lot of the trips with us and take some fantastic pictures. If you look at some of my pictures on my Facebook page, Charles is responsible for taking those. In January, when we went on a cruise with my family members, he took some fantastic memories for us um, with my mom and aunt and my kids. Just absolutely fantastic. But he takes um, wonderful photographs, even though that's not the, his specialty is not travel photography, but because he's good at what he does, of course, he takes great pictures. So he's going to come and talk about taking pictures and how he does it and things you can capture when you're on vacation. And then we also have uh, Jeannie Robinson, Robertson, who is our business development manager with Royal Caribbean Cruise Line is going to come and talk about Alaska. Jeannie used to uh, live up in Alaska, she and her husband. And when you want to talk about your bucket list and Alaska being on that list, there's no one that knows more about Alaska and can make you so inspired to go to Alaska like Jeannie can. So those are just two of the people I'm working on another destination, bucket list destination. If you've got something in mind and you want uh, to be a part of it uh, or want us to um, bring some other folks in, that would be fantastic. But they'll be talking. We'll do a little workshop at Precision Camera here in the Austin area starting around four o'clock in the evening. I'll give you more details as they develop, but that's going to be a really fun day. I'm looking forward to that one. And then on the 25th, on Sunday, February the 25th, I'm going to be hosting, along with uh, some of our suppliers, a consumer travel show, basically, to help you decide where you want to go on vacation in the 2018-2019 seasons. Um, They'll bring brochures. We'll have some presentations on the different destinations. We'll talk about honeymoons and destination weddings. We'll talk about bucket list destinations. We'll talk about river cruising. We'll talk about big ship cruising, ocean cruising. We'll talk about adventure. We've we've already got a commitment from G Adventure, so they'll be here talking about adventure travel. Um, and, um, so we're working on getting some fantastic suppliers to come in that can talk about travel and provide you with additional information, um, about those dream, those, uh, destinations and trips that you've been dreaming about for years. Well, next week we are going to be talking with folks from the Poconos mountains I've got a um, travel editor that's going to talk about her list of uh, great winter destinations to travel to. In the next week, I've got um, a gentleman that's going to talk to us about winter ski spots. 
Um, he's from Sale and Ski, a store here in the Austin area that does lots. They they sell lots of equipment and um, are very in tune to the outdoor market. So they have they do bicycling and they do skiing and you know all kinds of stuff. So he's going to come on and talk to us about ski destinations and fun stuff that's going on and trending in that arena. But lots of uh, fun and exciting speakers that we're putting together to talk to you guys about winter travel. And we'll get some more warm destinations in there as well. But uh, next week we're headed to the Poconos. Have you ever seen those um, advertisements um, where they show the, a, a, a suite in a hotel and they have a... Um, what do you call it? A champagne glass, tall, big champagne glass hot tub. Well, they have those in the Poconos. They have these rooms where they have heart-shaped beds. They have round beds. They have themed rooms. It's all about love at some of the hotels, but there's also some very family-friendly hotels and activities to go along with that. But I thought that'd be fun because um, they've got some really different takes on hotel room designs, and I, and, I, and I love that. So this is Karen Duncan, your bucket list buster, and that's all I have for you today. Travel recharges your mind, body, and soul. You deserve it. Your bucket list buster is here to help you start living your dreams. Visit me on Facebook, like me on Instagram, and post some of your pictures. Thanks for joining me today. I hope you found some resources in today's show that excites your travel juices, provided you some valuable information for your next trip, and it gave you permission to take time off and have some fun someplace in the world. And come join us on a couple of our trips next year. We really are looking forward to meeting you. And if you want to be a group leader, now's the time to let us know. I'll talk to you next week as we head to Pennsylvania to the Poconos. Thanks for listening. This is the EWN Podcast Network.